my gosh, it's been so long. I don't have any intro music. Hey, Susan Burke, how are you doing? Oh my God, it's been so long. It's been a month since I've seen you guys, and I don't have a background behind me. I forgot. <laughs> That's what happens when you vacation. Oh my God. So I hope you had a great time. I hope you had some well-deserved time off as well. I needed a break. Um, as we were preparing for the 9th of all, welcome to the week of the 9th of all. It's been a month since I've talked to you. A lot, a lot of stuff going on. Didn't anticipate a big crowd. I'm good to go with that. I'm just going to put this out there. Whatever you need, you know, I'm just going to tell you what the Lord's saying today. A lot of stuff going on, though, um, in the natural by the Spirit. want to encourage everybody, too, to be praying Psalms 91 over yourselves this week <clears throat> as we head into the 9th of all weekend. I've seen it all around me. Witchcraft is at an all-time high. Um, and people are manifesting all over the place because of the pressure that's on their vessels right now. So you've got a choice because there are two things happening this week. <clears throat> Pardon me. People are either going up into higher levels of God's spirit of love or they're going down into deeper degradation. Okay. That's the two choices that you have. That's what's going on. Um, and that's what C2 is all about is to help people make good choices. Hopefully you made good choices. Hopefully you're making choices to come up higher into the seven spirits of God and you're transferring out of the old and into the new. Hope so for you. And uh, I just hope things, hope life's treating you well. Had a great time. Um, do you see my pictures? on My little videos that I made for you guys. I went, tried to include you a little bit. And uh, I was going to actually take a laptop and God said no. He said no, I didn't. But uh, next time, my my next trip, I'm going to be including you guys. I'll be taking you with me and doing the 15 minute rev all over the place. And so, I like to include you guys where I go. I've just haven't had a chance to do it yet. But I hopefully had had that chance to do that soon enough. So, anyhow, let's get into the message and what God is saying to you right now. Um, again, we're moving through the eye of the needle. So the pressure is a little bit high. And you may be experiencing, unless you've been engaged in prayer, pretty heavy duty you know, agitation, aggravation, uh, pressure is a good word. It's a better word under pressure. Um, and hopefully if you've been praying, that should lessen that load for you. That's what my hope is for each one of you. I, I've had a very, very different C2 this year because of the fact that we stayed in prayer every day, even when I was gone. My prayer teams and I were always praying every single day. And it's made a huge difference for this C2 this year. I mean, it was like, um, I actually, I don't know. I mean, we had some good days and bad days, but I mean, for the most part, it's been really, really good. And so I hope yours has been as well. But, you know, it, it's like the Lord gave me the example. Um, when my cousin, a month before my cousin got married, my cousin Brett, and you heard me talk about Brett, precious, precious member of my family. And as our mem all members are. But before he got married, he, he went and he decided he was going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And if you know anything about Mount Kilimanjaro, it's a really high mountain. And so you have to approach the mountain in a very, very specific way. And you have to go around. Just go straight. You have to go around on your way up. So the Lord was telling me that's the same technique that he's teaching us to climb with right now is in a spiral motion because just like Mount Kilimanjaro, if you climbed it straight up, we'd pass out the lack of oxygen. And so there's a specific way 
to get to the top successfully. Like when you climb God's mountain, there's a specific way to do things. There's a way that seems right to us, but the end is death. So right now, the Lord is saying that the body of Christ that has been obedient in climbing his mountain, we're told to do very, very specific things along aligning with God's door. I don't know about you, but for me, um, God should be giving you words. He should be giving you very specific directives. You're only saying and praying what you hear your father saying and praying. And if you're not, you're doing your own thing. That's the bottom line to this. And so <clears throat> God's giving us a way to come into alignment with his spirit. He's giving us a way to come into alignment with love again so that we can actually come into the Holy of Holies and get realigned with the glory, get realigned with love, ready for revival. And a lot of people are still doing their own thing. They're still doing their own thing. They're still oblivious to why things aren't really going well for them, why they're taking so much warfare. But in this hour, God's saying, you should only be doing and saying what I what you hear me say. Psalms 37, 23, ask me to order your footsteps. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. And I'm seeing it everywhere. I'm seeing it all over the place. I'm seeing things right now that I'm just absolutely flabbergasted by, as I'm sure you have been as well. But um, I'm not going to get too deep into that. But so... If you do exactly what God instructs you, you're going to have breakthrough every single time. But for those intercessors diligently following the Lord, you're going to find that God's giving highly specific strategies as we're releasing those words with instant breakthroughs. You should be getting instant breakthroughs right now as God gives you these words and directives as you come forward. And that's because all it takes is one word from God to change your life, to change your situation. That's why he's saying, only say what you hear me saying. Only pray what you hear me praying. Don't pray your spirit. Don't pray your emotions. Don't pray your will, because your will never did anything from anybody. And, and most people's flesh never did anything for anybody but cause harm. So God's saying, pray what you hear me say. And a lot of people think they're hearing God, but they're really just hearing their own heart condition. And so things, if you're trying to do this on your own, from this point on, I'm going to tell you, you're going to struggle. From this point on, you're really going to struggle. Um, during these times or during this week, God's exposing what's really in people's hearts. He's showing us what's in people's hearts. When people do what's right in their own eyes, they have a hard time. And we're seeing it actually on all seven mountains right now, worldwide, on the international, federal, state, city, county, and personal levels, with God exposing People, he's letting them expose themselves with what they really stand. Have you noticed that? So we're seeing with people's hearts right now. We're seeing it through the way that they behave, through the things that they do or don't do that don't align with the Lord. And so people can't help but be who they truly are. And the sad part about this is, is that what happens is that they're not aligning with truth because had they been aligned with truth, things would be going well for them. And they would be having an easier time maneuvering through the kingdom of God, if they're even in the kingdom at all. Remember that scripture in the Bible that says many are going to come to the Lord at the end of their lives. And they're going to say, Lord, Lord. But he's going to say, depart from me. I don't know you. You didn't practice my ways. You constantly did what was right in your own eyes. Of your own pride. And little did I, I don't have anything. I had any Lord saying, he didn't have any say in what you did because you didn't give him a chance. So, these are the people that hate the truth and they'll hate you just like they hated Jesus for speaking that truth to them because they want to be the master of their own soul. So they're really showing which master they really serve. 
So you can't serve two masters. You're either going to love one and hate the other or vice versa. So we're seeing which master people are serving in this hour. If they're serving the flesh. Hi, guys. I am, you know, I can't apologize. <laughs> I did what God told me to do. I went on vacation. And so I'm glad to see y'all too. It's really good to see you guys. So I hope you're having a, a great afternoon. But you can't serve two masters. You can't serve your flesh and the devil too. And you can't expect God to show up when you're serving his foe. Can't expect him to show up when you're serving his arch enemy. He'll stand back and let you get to the end of yourself and let you experience the hard ramifications of submitting to a devil instead of submitting and coming up to a new level. So this is the new place we're in right now where we're seeing drastic uh, differences in people, white and black. It's 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 getting black and white with people. And the prophet said this would happen. God is doing a severe separating. And we've been hearing that. I've been saying that for a year and a half now. And matter of fact, you know, it's funny because when I was typing up this rev this morning, I was thinking to myself, you know, people don't know me outside of this rev. And they don't know my heart. Not not to offend anybody, but you don't have time you haven't had time to spend with me to know that the hard word that God continually seems to bring forward for the body, it's not my choice. I mean, it's not my uh it's not what I plan out. I just follow the directives and the spirit when I do the 15 minute reps. And it seems to be like God is forcing those who will listen to do a hard right, hard right in the body because he's after, he's trying to save you. He's trying to help you. He's trying to protect you. So because of the body's lack of truth that they haven't been able to stand there, they haven't chosen to stand there. We've fallen away from love. We live in a loveless society. And so because of living in a loveless society, we're seeing people behave in ways we never dreamed that they would behave in. And it's now permeated even the church. It's permeated all seven mountains. It's ingrained in every aspect of society. And so why would we expect anything less when we have stepped out of God's spirit? God is love. And so now we're, we're looking at all the ramifications of having stepped out of love or we're seeing a society in conflict arising in all that they do. Everybody's in conflict. Nations are in conflict. Everything's in chaos unless you've been obedient. And those that have been obedient in this hour, God bless you because your life. God says, when you listen to the prophets, you're blessed. And when you do what the prophets say, you're even doubly blessed. And so God's peace surpasses our own understanding because of our having listened and obeyed. And so those who are truly aligned in this hour are really experiencing the peace of God, except for during C2. C2 just kind of sucks that way. I hate it. I'm sorry. That's the truth. It does. I don't like C2 any more than you. I hate it. And I keep thinking to myself, surely that's going to get us to this place. Well, we don't have to go through all this pressure every year. But you know why the pressure comes, right? used to not be like this. used to not be like this where we had to go through these hard cycles of God's heart because we were already aligned. We were already aligned. So get this. This is what I'm hoping is going to happen. Because I know we're always going to be moving from faith to faith and glory to glory until God finishes our story. But I'm hoping that we get to this place where we don't have all that pressure anymore and we come into that promised land blessing and into that place of rest. That's what my heart hopes. So. 
on with the conversation. We're going to talk about 2 Chronicles 32, 1 through 33, 13. And it talks about the testings of God, the testings of God that we face during transformation. And Hezekiah faced these types of testings too. If you know anything about King Hezekiah. But he had a few um, hiccups along the way. There are no perfect people. If you know anything about the body, I think that's what God's bringing us all back to, that there are no perfect people in the body of Christ. There are no perfect vessels. And there's a way, I think, that because we've become a very, very McDonald's drive through society, I mean, because of technology, but also I think because of our falling away from love, is that we expect everything yesterday. We expect things just to happen with the snap of a finger. Um, and we've forgotten that God does things certain ways, that he accomplishes integrity and honor in us in certain ways. And so his ways are nothing like our ways. They're nothing like our ways. And when Hezekiah was going through this, what had happened to his nation was that the nation was in a time of war where God had allowed the enemy to come into their safe place where they would normally have been at rest. How many of you feel like that you have felt like the enemy has infiltrated and where you should have been at rest? We used to be a nation at rest, not totally at rest, but we had, you know, people, we had our national guard and our armed forces and things on the lookout, but we were at rest. We got too much at rest. We got off. We lost the ball. We dropped the ball. And we stopped looking uh, for where we were standing in love or where we weren't standing in love. And we got our eyes off the prize, off of him. And so in America's past, we've always been at rest from enemies. But because of our negligence, we're finding ourselves with the enemy embedded within our camp now. or seeing the enemy from within. And I believe God's allowing it to expose who's who. It's called the test of war. <clears throat> you know you're in a testing right now during this war season. It's a test. It's all a test. Everything we do is a test. <clears throat> How do you respond during a test? I believe God's allowing the test to allow us to see who is who. Who do you serve? You're, you're showing who you are to other people. You're showing who you are to God. And you're putting on display who you are. Look, this is who I am. Intimacy. How intimate are you with your God? Intimacy means, true intimacy means into me, see. Look into me, God. Look inside me. See if there's any hurtful way in me. See if there's anything that doesn't align with you, with true love. Because now we're seeing the truth show up in love like we've never seen before. And it's making people mad. I mean, they're mad, 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 mad. How dare you speak to me that way? You're not speaking the truth to me in love. And oh my God, I'm just so hurt. I'm hurt. And these people are acting like they're still 10 years old and they're 80 years old and they're behaving like they did when they were 10. And it's like, when did you stop growing? When did you stop growing? Where did you go to? Where did you put your, your mind? Because it seems to me we should be developing the mind of Christ right now. And, and I see a lot of people acting so childish and so selfish. You know, children are selfish. Do you notice that about a child? They're taught, I mean, they're very self-focused. They're, they're allowed to be that way for a certain season. And then when they become at the age of accountability, then God's going to say, I need you to grow up a little bit. 
I need you to get your mind off you because true love is others oriented. So if we're focused on him and we have to start this maturation process, it, it always forces us to get focused on him actually, because you don't start off that way. But we step into the maturation process. It's uncomfortable. I don't know about you. I didn't like growing up very much. I didn't. It, after I had to go through seasons, you know, I was forced to grow up fast. It was probably a good thing, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But it forced me. I had certain situations happen in my life with the death of a parent where I was forced to grow up pretty fast. Forced to do things that normally people wouldn't go through because of the normal seasons that are used in your life. But God allowed some testings, different testings in my life to prepare me for where I'm walking now. Just like he allowed him in your life to prepare you for your calling where you're at right now. But, you know, people don't like those truths that are revealed in us during the testing. See who we are. Other people definitely see who we are. And God most definitely sees who we are or who we're not. And then for those who comply and those who want to change and be changed, then God has you enter into a deliverance process. That's what CT is all about. One is actually your opportunity to choose willfully to get free. That's from January 1 through April 30th. And then April 30th through the High Holy Days, or actually through this weekend, is the most pressuresome time of the year. But after you get through the eye of the needle this weekend, hopefully you will be in a place where things kind of power down a little bit and you can kind of catch your breath a little bit because hopefully you've advanced. You've moved up into the seven spirits of God. Remember, all the things on this side of the needle are the lower dimensions of God's heart. As you move through the eye, you will then cross over to move into the higher dimensions of God's spirit. You'll start being transformed. That's the transforming process. The lower section of his heart, the lower dimensions are to rebuild these gates. The upper dimensions of God's heart, you have to be invited into. You don't just get to step in there. God has to invite you in there. And that's if you've been obedient in getting your lower gates at this level repaired. Okay, so it's all by invitation only. So back to Hezekiah, back to America, back to you. Um, we truly see who's serving who, or if you have another master. And it's one thing to participate in huge religious meetings and, and to go to church every Sunday, but it's a whole nother thing to have our lands invaded by an enemy or to feel threatened, to feel like enemies finding you out or the pressure around you is finding you out. And just like in Hezekiah's day, his illness was both a national and personal crisis. Kind of like what's going on in our nation. Can you relate with that? Because a national leader like Hezekiah was challenged. Because he didn't, at that point, he didn't have a son who could take on the throne that God had promised to David's lineage. So that someone from David's line would always hold the throne. He didn't have a son at that point. So it wasn't until Mas Mas Manasseh, I think his name is Keith Manasseh, it wasn't until Manasseh was born that he could pass on his lineage. So God's looking for a people group now to pass on his lineage to a new generation. That's why war has come. So God can pass on his lineage to the next generation. But we've seen that a lot of people aren't willing to step up and take their seat beside Christ in heavenly places. We're not supposed to sit our butts on his throne. We're supposed to sit our seat beside him. While he's on his throne in our life, right? We're seated beside him in heavenly places. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Being called to be sons and daughters of a king. Ruling and reigning in heavenly places. But we haven't been matured enough to actually understand what's required of us to rule and reign. 
God's not looking for a bunch of little titty babies to rule and reign. I'm being honest. He's ruling for, he's looking for a mature bride. He's looking for people who want to change and be changed and who want to grow up and show up and who want to do what's required of them in these seasons because it's not getting any. Okay. So basically, and this tells me that Israel didn't have what they needed in place in order for the nation of Israel to move forward God's way with God's type of leadership who knew God's ways or the people group that knew God's ways. So God had to ready them. So the head was temporarily out of alignment. So what happens to the head trickles down like the oil on the beard of Aaron. Are you out of alignment with the Godhead? Thought about that? Are you out of alignment? Or are you in alignment? You feel comfortable enough to say, well, I, th- I feel like I've done everything I know to do. Are you making excuses for still bad behaviors that you know exist in your life? Still behaving like hell behind the scenes? Doing things that you know aren't pleasing to God? Are you asking God, God? He's putting his finger on things, working with him, participating in the deliverance process, and you're getting free. <clears throat> you're growing up. Because if not, your walk's going to be out of alignment with his heart. And you're not even going to know it because your life will be so polarized by the flesh. Have you ever aligned with false gods like religion and politics? Have you ever done that? Climb the social ladder? Those are called wrong motives, by the way. Or it's called a religious apparatus, a political apparatus, when people come in and around us and they come in with hidden agendas and wrong motives and they sashay up alongside of leaders. And it's a usury type of system, just like in Hollywood, like you see. I'm going to be blunt. They sleep around. They sleep their way to the top. They do whatever they have to do in order to meet that selfish ambition. But it's never God's goals. It's all self-oriented. I, me, my, mine. It's immature behavior. It's flesh-driven behavior. It's earthbound, stuck earthbound behavior. So this is interesting right now, what we're talking about, because I'm seeing this all around me right now. Not like I've arrived. Trust me, I've got issues God's working on too, but hopefully I'm working on it. Hopefully I'm, you know, my life seems to be working pretty good, but I'm sure there's still much room for improvement. But you'll see people doing whatever they have to do to fit in. And they'll seemingly fit in very, very well with man, but they're disqualified by God to serve in his kingdom because these two apparatuses will get you disqualified. Did you know that? That's not about your ways about you adhering to his own and then there's that's the test of war now we're moving into the test of honor this is interesting if you know anything about honor honor is the calling card of heaven it's also the language of heaven and a distinguishing force here on the earth that sets a vessel apart from other vessels and other ministries it defines a leader if you're a leader and if you just want to fit in with the status quo, then go ahead and do your go do the apparatus thing. Just knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. I'd say go knock yourself right on out. But if you and if you just want to follow the masses in their dishonor, then you're going to fit right in as you try to help them help you build your little apparatus around your life. And you can just be superficial like they are, and you, your life never really amounts to a hill of beans. It just kind of what do you say? It it just kind of dulls out, kind of burns out. If you will. <clears throat> the, it flames out where 
There's never any flame behind you, driving you forward, leading you forward, helping you move into your goals. And you kind of see these people with these mindsets and they have bitter hearts because they have unfulfilled dreams. And <clears throat> pardon me. And then they blame a holy God for their lack of obedience. God's been telling them the whole time, you know, hey, look, I've been talking to you the whole time and you've been so busy talking and, and yakking and running your mouth every time you get in front of me. You don't take time to listen to me, to listen to what I have to say to you, to what's, what's going to help you align with my heart <clears throat> and help you align with heaven. And because of that, there's no room for me to give input into your life because you're so busy being your own God. And so the whole time, you know, God's been trying to teach these vessels and teach all of us about honorability and being honorable in all that we do so that everyone takes notice because heaven definitely takes notice of a vessel. Hey there, Sylvia. He takes notice of a vessel that operates in honor. A vessel that's honorable cannot hide. Did you know that? Honor stands out like a sore thumb and not that it's a bad thing ever. No, it's the best thing you can ever step into. And it's something that only God can place into a vessel. But the vessel has to choose to participate with God in order to come up higher. You see, King David was given a vessel of honor as a warrior. But even he failed God by doing dishonorable. Have you ever felt like Paul when Paul said, Why do I do the things I know I shouldn't do and I don't do the things I know I should? Are you one of those types of people where you just make an excuse after after? To excuse your bad behaviors away? Everybody else around you is drowning in them? You know, this almost cost David the kingdom. But luckily, David was a repentant man. And he had a great relationship with God. He knew how to get back in right fellowship with God, back in right relationship with God. And so the Lord is saying in this hour, how do you conduct yourselves behind closed doors? Let's get blunt. Let's just get real, real just get up in your mix right now. How do you conduct yourself on your computer? And I'm going to be blunt. Do you hide behind your computer doing dishonorable things by causing strife and chaos in chat rooms or on social media platforms or by acting cowardly, leaving nasty messages without a name of honor? Get involved with your brother, you go to your brother. This is what's been around me the last three. I've been studying the Bible while I've been gone. God's saying, if you if you have aught with your brother, if you disagree with somebody, even if you disagree with doctrine, which the Lord hates for us to fight about, hates it when we fight about doctrine, because he said we're all at different levels. And because we're at different levels, God may be telling you to eat one thing while another person's eating another. But if you disagree and you may not understand it, isn't it the most honorable thing for you to give someone a phone call and say, no, I don't understand what you meant. Because you might have very well taken it out of context. Most likely, most people do. Because they're so busy listening through a messed up filter. That's what, you know, perception is reality, right? Your perception is your reality, but you may have, may have the wrong perception. But wouldn't it be the honorable thing to give people a phone call and to work things out, to shut the mouths of the lion, shut the mouths of the devil, to try to make away with the original way, like a little G that they are. And they try to stir up strife and all this stuff. And it be like a... Like a runaway freight train or a fire out of control. You know, there's power and life in the tongue. So God's trying to get us back to his ways now. He's trying to get us to own our crap. Let's just call it what it is. It's crap. 
and get us to have conversations with each other instead of taking on. I'm going to I'm going to pick on the Baptists a little bit here. Um, I love God, love the Baptists, but they have a bad habit of doing this. And I'm not going to just you can't just leave it to that denomination either. It's everywhere. It really is everywhere. Hey there. It, it's it's really it really is about people not having the guts to own their own personal stuff and having the guts to speak truth, their truth, where they're at. Maybe you're Maybe it's off. So wouldn't it be an honorable thing then to call the person who is disagreeing with you or you disagree with and give God a chance to enlighten your heart about some things, enlighten your heart about the truth. Maybe you just call half the conversation. I don't know. But this is the new place we're walking in right now. So God has been calling us to own our stuff and leave our calling cards for heaven if you're walking in honor. Confront the hard things in our own hearts and ministries and families so we can all get free. We can all walk and talk out heaven here on the earth. Isn't that noble? Isn't that the good, the pure, and the lovely that God calls us all into? That's the Jesus I serve. He's good, he's pure, he's lovely. But the Lord's saying, and this is just me talking, I take that back, that's not the Lord saying this. This is my advice. If you have all with your brother, and, and, and I'm going to say this because this happened to me just last night. I had somebody leave me comments on my website. No name, no name. One of the nastiest messages. And I knew it was, I knew who it was. Thank God for our IT people. Love you, Karen Odd. Thank you so much. And if you want a great website, it's over here at Faith Cliffs. Go check Karen out. She's an anointed website designer. But she also implemented a wonderful IP tracking system on our website. So we know who contacts us. God bless you, Karen. God bless you. You're brilliant. And it's so that we can serve you better. We want to know how to help hurting people. We want to know how to reach out to people and how to really help you get deliverance. Maybe you, dis- maybe you disagree with me. I'm still going to love you. I don't care. But at least if you disagree, do the honorable thing. Leave your name. I mean, God's going to show me anyway because I'm, I'm prophetic. I have a prophetic gift. He shows me stuff like that. But also our system catch it, IP address. It shows us. Don't be cowardly. Come on. It only makes you look bad. It makes you reveal who you are. And so it's childishness. It's childishness. But this is the level that the body has stooped because a lot of people are cowards. They don't own their crap. So now God's got people like me on here and it seems to be this hard message every Monday and Friday and it hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped the last year and a half. And I used to think, you know, God, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And he said, don't you stop. This is part of your job's job responsibilities. This is what I'm giving you to say. And I thought, why me, God? Why not somebody else? Why do I have? Because if you met me on the side, you'd love me. Really, I hope you would. I think you would. I'm a lot of fun. I loved, obviously, by what I posted on YouTube, you know I like to have a lot of fun. I like to include people in my fun. I'm actually hilariously funny if you get to know me. Not that I have to convince you, but you know, my point is get to know people. Get to know people before you judge them. And quit picking up other people's offenses. Sincerely, for crying out loud, quit being a baby. And, and I think there's a lot of people in the body, they hear all this crap about people. And this is, 
their own fault because they don't do their due diligence and research for themselves. Make phone calls. Hey, man, you know what? I'm just trying to give you a chance. It's God to show you himself about that person. Don't pick up somebody else's offense. That goes against what the Bible says, too. Do you read your Bible? My Lord. So, you know, there's so many things going on right now. And I've had an issue happen even in my own family last couple days and having to deal with calling people. And it's not that I'm trying to be mean spirited, but asking people to do the hard thing, do the honorable thing by picking up and taking responsibilities that are theirs. It is our responsibility to do what's right. Did you know that? Taking responsibility and doing what's right is hard. It is hard work. Oh, I can feel some uncomfortableness in the spirit right now. Everybody's like, where's she going to go? I'll tell you where I'm going to go. I'm going to talk about it. If that person's watching, I love you. Fight it. But I had to deal with some hard stuff in my family. Got back from vacation. It's like, I mean, we had a, a death in our family. And we've had some issues that God's been running. People have been enabled for years, and God's like, we're not. Not that you know, not that I'm trying to be incompatible. I love, I love my family, but the whole bottom line is, is that people have been treating my immediate family like we're everybody's personal banker, and we're not. It's not my job to walk someone. Else. They tried to put funeral expenses, things like that, an expectation unspoken, placed on us, and I thought, Lord said, absolutely not. And I had just tried to do something to help my immediate. And I'm not trying to get too personal with you. I'm just telling you, doing the, doing the right thing when it's hard, hard. Because people don't like being in, when they're in the flesh. They want what they want. And they don't care who they put out of. They don't care if they put you out. They don't care. But God is in this place right now. He's saying, do the honorable thing and let God teach you how to walk through the hard things in life. Being responsible for yourself. Being actions. Taking, owning your stuff. I'm giving you a personal example briefly without hopefully dishonoring anybody. But if they're watching, you know, I'm talking to you. I love you anyway. love you to yourself. And I deeply love that person. But what I don't like are nasty messages being sent indirectly where people don't own their stuff and they don't uh, leave their name and things like that. When God shows me who it is, I'm really, really sorry you don't like my actions towards you. But, you know, it's not my job to walk you in mind too. Same is true in the church. Same is true in the family. Same is true in a job. Same is true online. It's not my job or your job to walk other people's walk for them. We can't. That's ludicrous. So yes, sometimes I had to send that person a message last night back. I knew who it was and I said, you know, I sent them a message from John Kilpatrick. I'm in a site source him talking about the cancer of the soul it's a when you refuse to deal with your own crap and you get angry when you don't get your own way despite who you put out it doesn't matter how selfish you're being it happens everywhere I see it right now and so it gets in the way of honor and honor will take us a very long way and, and if you know anything about the Father in Heaven, you know, I, I loved my dad because as, as my dad can, when he was younger, he was a wild child. I like what I started off being. 
and God got me by the nape of the neck and jerked the slack out of my chain. But both my fathers have taught me, my father in heaven and then my, my earthly dad taught my brother, my, myself, great lessons about honor through a military upbringing and about honoring family, about honoring God. And our earthly dad taught us what a man or a woman looked like that was terrible. And he did the hard things, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like having, this is going to sound so stupid, but I didn't like having to learn to uh, change a tire or uh, learn how to change my oil on my car, as dumb as that sounds. And when he passed away, then I had to really get ready to do the hard things because I didn't realize how much my dad took care of. Boy, was I in for a rude awakening. And so when God puts us through these testings, they really expose what's on the inside of us. And when we throw our fits and we throw our tantrums and we get mad at God and we're like, don't talk to me, God. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Go talk to another prophet because I don't like what you're telling me. And, and I just don't have time for this. And God's like, grow up, grow up. And, and then I, I really, really sense the Lord is telling some people like that who act like that. He's like, and the next time you need something, don't you dare show up at my throne until you've done the last thing I told you to do. Because it's dishonoring, insults the Lord. And if you take notice, people that lack character do dishonorable things. That's why they act like hell. They behave dishonorably. They speak dishonorably. And they slink around in the dark places thinking that no one takes notice because they know their actions are dishonorable. They lack character. So there's usually shame associated with it. And also they should be ashamed because it's sad when people know the right thing to do, but they choose to do what their flesh tells them to do because they lack the discipline or the honor to walk it out. When we capitulate, excuse me, let me speak this correctly. When we capitulate the truth, that lack or lack of honoring God's truth leads to lower-level living or actions apart from honor that are connected with pride. They're connected with the I, me, my, mind type of thinking based in the flesh. And until we come out of the flesh, we're never going to have the promises of God because we refuse to come up into what God calls truth version, or versus our version of it. Do you really know love? No honor? And if you know anything about people, <clears throat> they get really mad when you force them to grow up and do the hard things. Again, because people want what they want. But when they're so rebellious and pride-filled, <clears throat> they think they're okay. This is kind of what happened to Hezekiah. But he quickly found out that he wasn't okay because he had forgotten how to be grateful for what God had done through him in prior Are you grateful for where you're currently with what he's done for you so far in your life, being grateful in much, content in much or in little? Or do you have an entitlement mentality that everybody owes you something in this life? Because the truth be known, nobody owes you anything but to love you. That's what my dad told me. I went to him one time just not to get off on beaten path real quick. We've got about, we've got about 15 minutes. We got, we're doing good. But I had the audacity to go to my dad one time. And I can't believe I look back now and I'm thinking, was I an idiot? Was I totally retarded? I mean, um, but I had an audacity. My, my best friend had been given a brand new car by her parents. 
I told my dad, and he sat there real quietly. He looked around real casually at me, and he said, that's great, Melissa, right? He goes, but I'm not here to keep up with the so-and-so family, or the keeping up with the Joneses. He goes, the only thing I owe you is to love you. He goes, when you can afford that, go buy yourself one. Knock yourself out. I'll be really happy for you when you get it. <laughs> and I just thought, <laughs> it was an eye-opening experience. But it let me see right away what was my responsibility and what was his and what he wasn't going to take responsibility for. He'd raised me. He was trying to raise me to be a productive adult. That's what God's trying to do for each one of us. So if you don't hear anything today, always remember when we're willing to get cleaned up in our heart so that honor can truly rest on us, this is the place of transformation. And this is what David went through. It's what Hezekiah went through. And Hezekiah really quickly found out about his own ingratitude. He, he looked at his heart. He saw his heart, heart of ingratitude, and he realized who was playing God and who wasn't. So if you don't hear anything again today, remember, humility and honor go hand in hand. And if you fail to honor God, who gave you honor in the natural, especially if you've been successful, then you've failed to keep yourself humble in knowing who used your vessel to begin with. God said, Tell them this. Tell them that I'm not here to make their name great. I'm here to make my name great. I'm here to build my kingdom, not theirs. It's my kingdom come. My will be done on earth as it is. And so, Lord's trying to show us when he flows through our vessel, he's trying to show us who's doing the work, and it's not. We just obey him. We do what he tells us to do, hopefully. If you're doing what he's telling you to do, Hopefully you've got a spirit of humility in that with your honor. So we don't get all puffed up and thinking, look at me, look at me. It has nothing to do with me. I'm not the healer. I'm not the one telling you this message right now. I'm just saying what I'm hearing my father saying. And so until Manasseh, this is when we get to Manasseh now, enter King Manasseh, he's King Hezekiah's son. And this is where he changed the future of a nation. And I really applaud Manasseh for this. But he started off bad. He started perpetuating his own father's sin of ingratitude until God allowed him to be taken prisoner by the Babylonians. And while being imprisoned, he began to seek the Lord. And he began to realign with God's truth. And when he prayed, the Lord listened to him. Because it was at that point that Manasseh realized finally that the Lord and the Lord alone was God. Yes on us which brings us to romans 15 23 through 16 9 and it talks about a debt to the weak doing the hard things <clears throat> pardon me and, and it states in this passage that the strong must always bear the weak and we must bear them up and help them grow okay let me stress the second part we're called to be strong for the weak but we're called to help them grow but that growth doesn't include me taking your personal responsibilities on because that would mean I was walking two walks, right? Which God didn't require of me or you to carry. And it takes a mature believer to help others grow. And if they don't become uh, observant to God's ways, then they can become codependent, expecting other people to do the work for them, which isn't godly because God never meant for us to enable one another. 
He meant for us to build one another up in faith where we would each reflect kingdom. And yes, we're called to bear one another's burdens, but in the end, I'm not God again, and I can't heal your heart with what has been caused from the burden that you carried. Only God is God, and he doesn't require me to heal you. He does it. But he does require that I help you walk through that burden so that you can learn integrity by the burden. That's why the testing was sent to begin with. And not for you to become embittered by it, but to become emboldened by faith, emboldened by honor, and emboldened by love. Think how good your God. Every time he rescues you, because it's God that does all these things. When we seek him, we're going to find him. And when we see all these powerful things that God can do, when we have a relationship and right fellowship with him, God says, if you seek me, you'll find me. And I'll be your very present help in time of need. He's the one who wants to be God of your life. And then you can go and become fishers of men. You can go tell others how your holy God helped you and rescued you. Doesn't that make so much more sense than trying to be a martyr for everybody else and trying to be an enabler for everybody else, making yourself a God instead of allowing God to be God? Which brings us to Psalms 25, 16 through 22. And it says, what kind of people does God guide? People does God guide? He guides those that truly glorify him and truly honor him. And this is a great psalm for those seeking the will of the Father. But in order to find out God's will, we first must understand God's ways. Or we'll continue to follow our own, which always must lead. Ever felt like your life accomplished? Or you ever felt like your life hasn't been accomplishing its full potential? I forgot a word there. Sorry. That's because... You're probably following your own ways instead of God's ways. And until we decide to follow God in all that we do, our lives are going to reflect that. Whether you're following the flesh or if you're following the spirit, your life will reflect it. Your emotions will reflect it. Your behaviors will reflect it online, in person, and hide who you are. Remember today's conversations about who we are. The Lord says this, when you follow me, I'm going to lead you into virtue. I'm going to lead you into integrity, which lead to greatness in all things, because that's part of kingdom. The Lord says, how can valor follow mediocrity? It doesn't, because that's a dichotomy of living. It's it's two different ways of living that work against each other. When we're seeking the will of the Father, that entails being willing to change and be changed. But when we follow our own selfish motives, we get our own way. We're getting in our own way. And you may get your way for a season, but the structure that you're trying to build through your flesh is on the sand. And that means it's going to implode. Did you know that? Only the Lord builds a house. And all those that build those alone labor in vain. Let me rephrase that. Only the Lord builds a life. And all those that build those alone labor in vain. You want to build your life on the rock. So God can make it rock solid through himself. For the humble, those truly seeking God's ways, God says, this is a season where I'm teaching you to wait, to ask, so that I can lead you into all truth, because God guides those who are clean and those who submit. 
Because God does not guide rebels. Those who want to just do things their own way. But he guides those who want to get cleaned up. They want to grow up and they want to submit to his will. And those are leaders that he uses in this hour. But he place, he's placing these types of sheep under these particular clean leaders to teach them how to mature correctly. There's not codependency there. There's not enabling. There's not rebelling. You're just, you know how to submit to authority. And you're being led into all maturity. Not through false structures that make you touchy-feely, but through God's ways, which lead us through hard testing sometimes to build a heart of integrity. Because God knows where he's going. He knows what he's doing. Follow him and trust him. And quit resenting good people who have done the hard work around you. And quit putting your mouth on them. That anybody's trying to get you to put your mouth on other people through coveting, through jealousy and envy and strife. When you haven't haven't done what they've done to get what they've got. And I've seen leaders do this. And I want to say, have you lost your ever-loving mind? You evoke a curse by touching an anointing. That's why God says, don't speak against my anointed. Bring my prophets and my prophetesses no harm. If you have aught with your brother, you call your brother. Call. You got the cell phone, right? You own one of these. Just pick it up. Let your finger. Let your finger. Don't call 911. But those who are putting their mouth on people right now are slandering each other. God says the enemy is setting you up to be judged. Judge not lest you be judged. And if you want to know the truth about slander, are those who correct you? You ever had people slander you when you've corrected them? I have. Walked through that. Jesus walked through that. But do you realize that slander is the revenge of a coward? Because when people spread lies about you, it speaks more about their heart than it does of yours. Clearly, those that lie about you usually have problems of achieving potential, so their only way to feel good about themselves or feel superior is by putting another person down. That's a character issue. That's an integrity issue. And David dealt with this, but he let God deal with those who came against him because he knew they had it. See what God's saying in this hour? It's a major honor conversation. It's a major, are you listening? Are you hearing my heart from the Lord? Are you hearing God? The way that seems right, but the end is death. Which helps us uh, step into Proverbs 20, 16 through 18 as we wrap up this conversation today. We're doing pretty good today. We've done really good, actually. The Lord says, hold tight to collateral or any loan that you make to a stranger. And by the way, if you know anything about the Bible, the Bible says not to co-sign for a stranger, not to co-sign any note for anybody. The reason is, is because you probably won't get the money back. That's why God says not to go into debt for people. Don't sign contracts for other people. It's in the Bible. Go read your Bible. Lord saying, let, let God be God and let him take care of these people unless God specifically told you to do something for somebody around you. But beware of accepting the different responsibilities for other people. Also beware of accepting what a transient has pawned. Stolen bread tastes sweet, but soon your mouth is full of gravel. 
and from your purpose, it says, excuse me, form your purpose by asking for counsel and then carry it out using all the help you can. There's a lot in that. There's a whole lot. I added the part to it. Basically, I explained, actually, not adding to, not taking away from. I explained a certain section the way I interpreted it is don't hold tight to collateral on any loan to a stranger. And I explained that to say basically because you're not going to get the money back, which is why the Bible states, states not to co-sign a loan contract for people. And so, Lord's saying, in this hour, you're not taking responsibility for other people's lives. You're letting God be God. Every man a liar, basically. You're letting God show himself true in your life. You're letting him show up and show out. Because he's God and we're not. Okay? And so, he's trying to differentiate who's who. How will we know God's people? By his love. The warm, unconditional love of, of Jesus. But also... The very, he's very honorable. He's very much the gentleman. And he's not going to force his way on us. So this way, finds out who's choosing him in authenticity, pardon me, and who's not. He's not going to force our will. But then when it comes to the end of the day, and when we get, and we start seeing the blessings burst forth, we also have to take responsibility for what we do and don't do. Because if you didn't do what he required of you in past season, when the blessings burst forth, none of us have the right to bellyache about it. We don't. We're all held accountable for what we do don't do it. So with that, I'm going to leave you with that. I hope you enjoyed the 15-minute read today. I hope you uh, come back and join us on Friday. We do them on Tuesdays and Fridays. My name is Dr. Ms. Good. I'm here to help frontrunners and intercessors. Um, I do know what's going on in the week prophetically, knowing knowing what's going on in the world if I can talk. Um, I just got back from vacation. I've been off for a month. God told me to go take a little siesta, and I thought, crazy. It was right in the middle of Oh, well, you know, you know what you're doing. Boy, did it. He definitely knows what he's doing. But I hope you're doing really, really well. I know we're in the middle of the week of the 9th of off. Um, be careful this week. Praying Psalms 91 over yourself this week. The devil is hopping mad for those people um he's creating early death assignments around people uh there's a spirit of we're also in the season of basilisk you need to be praying psalms 91 over yourself you need to be breaking off early death assignments of basilisk uh breaking off early death drought and barrenness thank you lord and if you don't know anything about basilisk uh contact us and we'll give you a prayer for that um you can also find them on whatever if you're looking for a church home Consider joining us at Ezekielsville. Uh, it's right down here, but you really can't see it there if you can. But it's in my lower, it's probably in your lower right hand part of the screen. I didn't align that really well. Go to Ezekielsville.org. You can also email us at yeshuanavigator at gmail.com. Um, and so we'll be glad to help you anyway. Um, if you're looking for a church home, we'd love to have you contact us again, yeshuanavigator at gmail.com. But I hope to see you again this Friday. Guys, it's good to be back, um, and I'll look forward to talking with you soon. But until we talk again, guys, go have yourself a great Tuesday. Bye-bye.